Top of the morning, Dan and Amy, uh, former President Obama in Milwaukee this weekend, campaigning for uh, Democrats up there, railing against Walker, railing against Buchmeier, and of course, railing against Trump. Politicians just blatantly, repeatedly, baldly, shamelessly lying, making stuff up. Calling up, down. Calling black, white. That's what your governor's doing with these ads, just making stuff up. Just, it's, it's, what he's saying is not true. Yeah, calling black, white, calling Elizabeth Warren a Native American. All kinds of lies out there. Uh, he never did that during his campaign? No, I mean, Please, I mean, come on. It's the just, hypocrisy was running thick. It's so boring, isn't it? I mean, I just go back to... Kevin Williamson's great piece in National Review this morning you have to check out. Rage makes you stupid. And he just talks about how, you know, more often than not, he doesn't get enraged by politics. He's bored by it. Uh, And uh, that's the banality of Barack Obama. But there's something interesting about all these politicos that binds them together. And our uh, next guest, Peter Schweitzer, has done... uh, more work on this score than just about anybody in the last couple of years. He's, of course, the author of Clinton Cash, and uh, an, uh, which was a celebrated book during the 2016 campaign because it uh, allowed the D.C. Or, or provided so much material for the D.C. press corps to inquire after. Not that they were so interested to do so, but at least it provided a lot of information for the public to consume and distill and discuss. Uh, but Secret Empires... Uh, is even better because it covers more political ruling class families. And I wanted to get Peter Schweitzer's uh, insights and backstories back out into our audience in advance of the November 6th election. So, Peter Schweitzer, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, it's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me. Speaking of uh, President, former President Obama, since he's still so influential in the Midwest and Chicago, he's out on the campaign trail. In Secret Empires, there's this story I know that's out there, but I don't think it's gotten the attention that it deserves, not near the attention it deserves. And it's about not just Obama enriching himself um, as a result of being an elected official, but uh, enriching all of those around him. And the specific example I point to is the pump and dump of Phoenix University stock. Could you uh, provide that story for us? Sure. Um, yeah, we call it smash and grab. Pump and dump works as well. And smash and grab is, is, is really a, a destructive form of crony capitalism and corruption that the Obama administration perfected. Uh, and basically what it means is, you know, you go in and you smash a company using the power of the federal government. Uh, and then the stock price of that company goes to pennies on the dollar. Uh, and then your friends swoop in to buy it very cheap. Uh, And then the sort of regulatory weight is lifted. Uh, And with the case of the University of Phoenix, it's very, very clear cut. And it involves a guy who is Barack Obama's best friend, uh, somebody that a lot of people have never heard of named Marty Nesbitt. Uh, Barack Obama says that this is his best friend. Mm -hmm. And essentially what happens is the Obama administration you know, said that uh, for-profit colleges were bad, uh, the University of Phoenix being the most famous one. Um, and they decided that they were going to, um, you know, sort of put things on hold. So the University of Phoenix was told by the Obama administration that, that they were going to um, suspend GI Bill dollars that soldiers could use to 
get a education, um, that they were not going to be able to use those federal dollars at the University of Phoenix. Uh, well, the University of Phoenix's stock price, as you can imagine, went from about $100 a share down to about $10 a share. Uh, so just devastated the company because this is billions of dollars of, of revenue. Um, at which point, Barack Obama's friend, Marty Nesbitt, kind of raises his hand and says, oh, I'll, I'll buy the company. Uh, so he comes in and buys the company. Shortly after he buys the company, suddenly the Obama administration has a change of heart and says, no, we will now allow GI Bill dollars um, to go to the University of Phoenix, thereby boosting the, evalu the valuation of that company. So it was an enormous uh, enrichment scheme. That's one case. There are numerous other cases involving other industries that were smashed. The coal industry, for example, um, he famously declared war on coal, driving down the valuations of those companies. Those company stocks became cheap. And a cluster of Obama friends, including George Soros, swept in and bought those companies for pennies on the dollar. Um, and, you know, there's no question how the money flowed, uh, but it's, I think, one of the most underreported stories of the Obama administration. And when he says, oh, well, nobody in my administration was indicted, that's not really the point, right? It's not just what you get away with avoiding prosecution for. It's a question of what you actually did and, and the policies that you engaged in to enrich yourself and your friends. Well, your book was so powerful. So, I mean, so many details, so many different stories. When you hear that Hillary Clinton might possibly run for office in 2020. Please, please, please. Do you please, think please. some of these stories will come out more that people will start investigating and read the book? <laughs> well, I think I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope people will um, look at it. I mean, look, any debate about, uh, you know, the Clintons and self-enriching with the Clinton Foundation um, has basically been resolved, not by me, uh, not by anybody else, but by the Clinton Foundation itself. Because one of the things that came out of those Podesta emails, if you remember, mm -hmm. uh, that were leaked, uh, and this is also obviously uh, overlooked, is that the Clinton um, Foundation, actually at Chelsea Clinton's behest, did an internal review um, a few years ago uh, about um, ethical guidelines and the conduct of the Clinton Foundation. And they hired a very prominent law firm named Simpson Thatcher to do that internal review. Well, in the Podesta emails that got leaked, that report was attached. And when you read that report, it's absolutely devastating about the corruption within the Clinton Foundation itself. So, you know, any debate about was it corrupt, was it just coincidence that this money flowed, has really been settled by the internal review the Clinton Foundation itself did, where it was determined that big donors were expecting and receiving quid pro quos from the Clinton Foundation uh, and from Hillary Clinton while she was Secretary of State. Um, it's that explicit, and they did nothing to change those policies. So, you know, if she does run, I think it's going to become an issue again. I don't get the sense that there's a lot of enthusiasm, um, even within the Democratic Party, for Hillary Clinton running. Um, you know, but look. Uh, there the doesn't need to be in a field of 20 candidates, right? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. It, it's, it's, I think, going to be a free-for-all on the Democratic side. But you get, you've got a new generation, too, that's coming up, people like Kamala Harris, for example, that I think are going to say, you know, look, it's time for you to move on. There's a new generation. Here. One of oh, the uh, I'll take that. one of the uh, older generation types, uh, who's also an aspirant, uh, Joe Biden, yeah. and yep. uh, Joe Biden's son is featured prominently in Secret Empires too, uh, working uh, 
in conjunction with uh, another uh, Democrat from that generation, the family of John Kerry. Boy, uh, Secretary of State, another Secretary of State, perhaps uh, leveraging influence in addition to, of course, the vice president of the United States. The uh, story of uh, how Joe Biden's son made a bunch of money overseas. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Joe Biden is is has been in politics for a long time, and he you know, proudly says that you know he's uh, lunch bucket Joe. He doesn't have much money, uh, but what he's really done is he set his son up very well—a son that really has no background in any of the areas that he makes the money. His reason for making the money is that his father's vice president, and as I lay out in the book Secret Empires, in December of 2013, the vice president, uh, Joe Biden, flies to Beijing, China on Air Force Two uh, to meet with Chinese officials on a variety of very sensitive issues, and on that plane with him is his son, Hunter Biden. And they're there for three days. We don't know what Hunter was doing. We find out 10 days later. Uh, But during that visit, Joe Biden is discussing all sorts of sensitive issues with the Chinese and kind of gets accused for rolling over and not challenging them on anything. Ten days after they return, this small uh, company that that, uh, Hunter Biden has called Rosemont Seneca Partners, uh, who one of the investors is the son of Secretary of State John Kerry, they land a $1.5 billion, that's with a B, billion-dollar private equity deal with the Chinese government, not with a Chinese company, not with an American company in China, with the Chinese government. It's, it's probably the biggest payoff scandal that I've ever seen in American politics in terms of the amount of money. And keep in mind, Hunter Biden has no background in private equity, which is what this deal was supposed to be about. And he has no background in China. In short, he has no reason to be getting this deal other than his father is the vice president and the Chinese are, are, you know, trying to, let's say, persuade him to see things his way. It's so great. It's so great. We we have this at the local level with the outgoing mayor, Tiny Dancer, who had no uh, background investment banking after he leaves Congress. He goes to Wasserstein Perella. He introduces Bruce Rauner to Bill Daly, and he makes 19 million bucks over you like know that. about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same sort of thing is like relationships that already exist. I just put you two together, use the power of my relationships and or office, and uh, you know I take my cut. Or in this case, like you say, you got to have uh, one step removed. So it's the sons of Joe Biden and John Kerry. I mean, it's it's remarkable and. Nobody knows these stories other than people who've read your book. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, look, these are, are the secrets of how Washington, D.C. really works. And um, when you, uh, you know, if you ask Joe Biden about this, he doesn't deny that his son got the deal. He just says that his son got the deal based on his merits. Of course. Uh, which, is, which is just laughable. Um, it's just laughable. I mean, nothing against Hunter Biden personally, but no other investment firm, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, even the private ones, none of them got the deal that the son of the vice president got with this small investment firm that has really no background in China whatsoever. And it doesn't end in China. I mean, the other place that he gets a, a sweetheart deal is in the Ukraine, right. where a very corrupt oligarch named Kolomoski uh, sets up Hunter Biden with huge amounts of money. And Kolomoski is the most notorious of the corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs. And, and look, if you're the most notorious oligarch in Ukraine, that's really saying something. But we're only um, interested in uh, Paul Manafort's dealings in that part of the world. <laughs> well, exactly. That's exactly right. And I think that's what frustrates a lot of people about 
these these uh, ethical issues. I, look, I'd say you throw the book at Paul Manafort for whatever he did, whatever crimes were committed, but you ought to throw the book at everybody who does that. Um, and, and there's just a lack of consistency and, frankly, a lack of interest by at least certain people in the media uh, to look at it. They only want to look at very specific areas and frame these issues in very specific ways, and that's just very frustrating. With the, respect to the Clinton Foundation, because, of course, uh, one of the ways to understand or to, to sort of prove up logically that this was nothing other than influence peddling uh, with respect to all the money that the Clinton Foundation was getting from foreign governments and the speaking fees Hillary and Bill were generating while she was Secretary of State for him and then while she, in her run-up to be President of the United States, same thing. It's just to look at the 990s for the foundation and see how the money uh, has uh, changed in terms of contributions and speaking fees since she lost the 2016 election. And I wonder if you've gotten to that at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a hugely important point. Uh, first thing to know is that there's the Clinton Foundation, and they have an, had an offshoot called the Clinton Global Initiative. Right. Um, after she lost the nomination for the Democratic Party, they actually closed the Clinton Global Initiative. And I think the reason they closed it is, frankly, the money dried up. Um, and there's clear evidence of that. We know that the Clinton Foundation donations are down uh, approximately by 50 percent, at least <laughs> is what some estimates are showing. Oh, and we also know that based on the public record, the speaking fee numbers are way down. Um, I think part of the reason you've got this uh, sort of tour that Bill and Hillary are trying to put together, these chats where they sit in front of, a, you know, a thousand people who are paying, you know, in some cases $350 a piece to hear Bill and Hil Hillary pontificate. Part of the reason they're going to that model is they are getting less and less interest. Uh, and we know that Hillary used to get two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a speech. That's now down to twenty five thousand dollars. So look, the, the numbers have dropped dramatically. Yeah, that's great. Aww. I mean, this is this is great work. <laughs> Again, Clinton Cash. You don't even have hair and makeup for. You got to read Secret Empire. Secret Empire. How other how our politicians hide corruption and enrich their family and friends. I mean, there's a story after story, including on the dailies in Chicago, which we don't have time for today. So read the book. Clinton Cash, Secret Empires, author Peter Schweitzer. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line.